Hello, and welcome to What in Tarnation, Tar Heel Blog's Hot Take Podcast. On this episode, we're going to vent a little frustration about UNC's loss to Virginia Tech yesterday. I'm Tanya Bondurant, and with me as always is Brandon Anderson. Brandon, have you exited the Angry Dome following yesterday's game? Yeah, I think I'm out of it. Um, More numb than anything, I think is probably the right word. I don't know that I really feel anything anymore, Tanya. I just don't. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. That's even a little more advanced than where I'm at right now, I think. It was a really frustrating game because it felt like Virginia Tech basically handed it to Carolina, and Carolina shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. And... uh, This was one of those games where I knew that if basically like two things happened correctly that UNC could win, like all, I I shouldn't say all they needed to do, but I felt like their primary goal was to keep Sam Howell clean. They did not do that. Secondary goal, stop Virginia Tech from running all over them. They did not do that. And so... This is pretty much how we got to where we're at, aside from missed kicks and shenanigans. The the running all over them part, I think, was particularly frustrating because Virginia Tech's starting quarterback got hurt at the end of the first half. And basically after that, they were running a wildcat as their sort of base offense. Carolina knew it was coming after a couple of times. And they couldn't do anything to stop it, even though they knew exactly what was coming pretty much each and every time. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And I feel like at least part of that has to do with Strobridge going out when he did. I think things kind of fell apart a little bit from there. But also it's like, I don't know. I'm I'm getting really, really frustrated with everything that's happening in terms of like just with rushing running quarterbacks that's basically their problem is they cannot stop them for anything like they did a half decent job with hooker but even then like considering that patterson ran the ball 21 times for his 122 yards hooker ran it 10 times for 41 yards and if you double that he still almost ran for almost 100 yards so like it was like a little bit less of a problem in the first half, but then the second half, it was just like a big problem. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, for all that being said, though, the really backbreaking play to me was after Carolina scored to take a lead with 106 left in the game, they gave up a 75 yard two play touchdown to Virginia Tech that, yeah. you know, it, it tied things basically at the end of the game. Um, I think just the fact that you let a quarterback do that to you when he is not even sort of their, what was he, their third string quarterback at that point? Yeah, third string because they weren't really trying to have Willis out there very long. Right. So it was two plays. Um, it was a 22-yard pass, 
And then the quarterback ran for a 53-yard touchdown. It's it's ridiculous. Like I That hurts. That yeah. hurts a lot. Yeah. And uh, look, I know that UNC has an attrition problem right now, especially on defense. Like undoubtedly people are hurt and all this like I get it, but this was definitely one of those I don't even know how I can excuse this type performances. Um, it's I, I almost have no words. I really do. <laughs> and all of that was what happened in regulation. In regulation. Which is to say nothing of the fact that this game went to six overtimes. Right. For the first time in ACC history. Yep. And particularly at the end of, well, toward the end of those overtime periods, it played out like this. Virginia Tech missed a field goal. All Carolina had to do was kick a field goal from where they start in overtime. And Noah Ruggles missed the 35-yard field goal. So they played again, and Noah Ruggles missed a 44-yard field goal that got blocked. So, okay, it got blocked. That's a little different. Um, at that point, I figured the game was over. Lo and behold, <laughs> Virginia Tech missed a field goal of their own, and I believe at that point was when it started to go into um, – the two-point attempt off. And, I mean, I still have nightmares about the failed two-point attempt against Clemson. So the fact that that is what the game came down to, definitely not my favorite thing. And Carolina couldn't get into the end zone, and Virginia Tech did. You can say what you want about those being the overtime rules, Um I feel like it has to end at some point, and it had gotten to such a state that it was just comical at that point, Um, trading two sets of missed field goals is a little disappointing because, again, particularly after Virginia Tech missed that one, all Carolina had to do was kick a field goal. Yeah. And I know kickers have bad days, picked a not great day to have a not great day but I mean I just feel like this game was like death by a thousand cuts over the course of hours and that is particularly excruciating yeah I feel like this was definitely one of those games where Virginia Tech literally kept handing them the game on a silver platter and UNC kept finding ways to screw up. And like Al Hood called this near the beginning of the season where he was basically like the special teams are going to lose us a rather significant game somewhere down the line. And granted the defense did no favors in this game. We can 
maybe have a conversation with the offense, but it's really hard to when they've scored 41 points. But really here we're looking at what the defense kind of failed to do here. And then also the special teams, like like you said, probably should have just kicked it after Virginia Tech missed that field goal, and they didn't. And then the times that they did kick kick it, they missed it. And that's just – you can't do that, especially in overtime because you're not that far away. Like, you're already put in decent field position due to overtime rules. Like, you really can't miss those kicks. So it was – very on brand with everything that's been happening whenever we've been playing Virginia Tech. And I think that's where I'm at with everything is it was a game against Virginia Tech in Virginia on homecoming. And it just was like once it went to overtime, like I think I even turned to you and I was just like, this is going to be a Virginia Tech loss in the way that Virginia Tech losses happen for UNC. Yeah, it's definitely a pattern that is frustrating at this point, much like the in-state FBS team losing streak. It would have been really nice to get that monkey off their backs, and they certainly had the chance to do it, but much like streaks that go on for long enough to be called a streak it just seems like sometimes you you like get to a point where it's almost mental yeah and I don't know that that's true because pretty much everything about this team is different this year but I don't know it was just it was brutal to watch it was brutal to have it play out the way that it did. Um, it seemed like every time a door opened and Carolina started to walk through it, the door got slammed back in their face. And, I mean, six overtimes is just wild. It's it's silly. It's silly. And it feels like they never should have really been in that position. Um, I think this is sort of the first time – this season where it felt like the defense really let them down a little bit. Um, the defense just did not have a good way of stopping what Virginia Tech was throwing at them. And, I mean, for all they've done this year, I'm not going to be too critical, but it was it was rough. Um, I think that's a big takeaway is the fact that This is literally the defense's worst game. But they're so hurt that, like, it's it's even not fair to set – because, like, this defense that's playing today is not even the defense that was playing three games ago because we've lost, you know, half an army of people since then. Um, So I I don't want to lay it all at their doorstep because I don't think any unit has come close to suffering – as much attrition as the defense. Um, it's just any time that you lose in such a frustrating fashion, it's going to be easy to look at this, that, or the other and be like, 
that's where the problem was. Yeah. In this game, I feel like you could do that with special teams in overtime or the defense um, in regulation. But I think it all kind of adds up to the bigger picture being that this season has been a really weird season to me. Um, Yeah. If you asked me what was going to happen at the beginning of the season, I would have told you there was a very real chance they could have gone 0-5. They didn't. Um, I would have told you that Clemson was going to come in and send us all home by halftime because it was going to be such a bloodbath. It wasn't. I almost wonder how different things would feel now if that two-point conversion against Clemson was successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all of this is not to say that Carolina can't still win the Coastal because, holy crap, the ACC is weird. Yeah. I mean, yesterday alone, Georgia Tech beat Miami. Um, Boston College beat the crap out of state. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird result pretty much week in and week out. So anything can happen between now and the end of the season. I don't want to, you know, start writing the season eulogy now. I think that giving up the opportunity to control your own destiny is difficult because now you're sort of depending on other teams to help you out, and that's never great. But... I mean, it's just such a wacky conference year that, I mean, nothing would surprise me. Yeah. I'm going to rewind all the way back to the defensive conversation because there's just some numbers that I want to throw out there just to give an idea of how wacky this game was. So far this season, Carolina has given up 20 points against South Carolina. 25 against Miami, 24 against Wake Forest, 34 against App State, 21 against Clemson, 22 against Georgia Tech, 43 against Virginia Tech. So with that said, going back to what you were saying, like this wasn't a normal defensive performance for UNC. And I think if we're taking any positives away from it, It's the fact that this isn't a pattern. This is like an outlier in what has been otherwise a rather contained season for the defense. I don't think things have gotten all that out of control with the exception of this game. Um, As far as expectations go and like just well, not even expectations, just like the conference in general there has not been one single team in the conference that hasn't had like this what just happened game i feel like there's probably some games that i've missed but i mean even when you consider the fact that clemson almost lost to unc like how weird is that like that shouldn't have happened but their offense wasn't really doing a good amount like they're Offense wasn't really all that good that game. And, like, their defense was pretty good. They probably could have been better, but also I feel like 
UNC kind of just did some things that different that game is from like the other games that made things really interesting for them and they had a hard time dealing with it. But um yeah, it's not over in the coastal. I don't know that it's gonna be over until really after the Virginia game. Because if UNC loses that one, like it's a wrap. They're not gonna win the coastal. Because what's going to happen is, is if those two teams tie, I mean, Virginia owns that tiebreaker. So that that's pretty much that. It could end with the Duke game, possibly, if you want to look at it that way. But I don't know. Um, there's It's a long season. And I think going into the season – we didn't fully know what to expect. And then when the win against South Carolina happened, the win against Miami happened, there was a lot of good feelings that came out of that. Then Wake and App State happened, and then Clemson happened. And I think that's when everything kind of was like, we actually can hang with just about anybody, and then we beat Georgia Tech the way that we did. And I think expectations kind of, took off a little bit and now we're back to I I don't even know what to call this but I just I feel like it's hard to have any set expectations at this point like you can hope for a bowl game you can hope for coastal you can hope that they at least finish the season by beating NC State but the reality of the situation is everything is so all over the place with not only the team, but the conference that it's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just literally week by week trying to figure out how things are going to be all over the place this time, I guess. Yeah. I think that sort of just my take on everything was, when we started 2-0, and I was mostly just happy to be here. Yeah. We were winning football games when wins have been hard to come by yeah. the last couple seasons. Um, it's maybe not fair that expectations changed so much as a result of that because then it was no longer just happy to be here, but, oh, like, you guys should – make it to Charlotte and get a rematch against Clemson. Um, that may have been too ambitious of a goal coming off of a two-win season. Yep. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that we're allowed to have expectations for this team now, and that's a change over the last couple seasons. I mean, even just thinking about this game – the disappointment and the anger and the frustration are all emotions that I haven't been able to muster in the last few seasons because I've just expected them to lose. Yeah. So even that in and of itself is a positive change, and you hope that that positive change can carry you into the rest of the season and beyond. I think they're building something really great. They're not there yet. But it may have been unreasonable to expect them to be there already. Right. And I think this is one of those seasons that you basically take 
as many positives out of it as you can and realize that we're bringing in a really good recruiting class next year. I mean, we just landed five-star defensive end Desmond Evans. So, like, the positives so far this year. Sam Howell has exceeded everything that I really thought that he was going to be able to do. I feel like the defense, if they can stay healthy next year and actually build some depth, I think they're going to be really good. If we can figure out the offensive line problem, I feel like the offense as a whole should get better. And I, you can always expect things to at least get somewhat better when it comes to the coordinators. This is their first year working with the group, so naturally – things next year should get better. I think those are the positives that we should focus on the rest of the way. The results are still going to be frustrating at times. They're still going to be exciting at times. But I think what it's time to do now is go back to we need to find the positives to take out of all of this, even when things go the way that they did yesterday, really. Yeah, I think that'll probably just result in less heartburn overall because I think we we got we flew a little too close to the sun. Yeah. And it was not undeserved. I mean, they won the games that they won, but I think that we've also seen that we have a long way to go, and that's okay because I mean, you can't expect to go from a two-win team to, you know, the college playoff in one season. And I don't think anybody necessarily expected that, but, you know, everyone got their hopes up a bit, and I don't think that that was wrong to do, but I also think that the team's sort of, like, realistic ceiling is a little lower than what some might have been thinking it was when things were going well yeah and it's hard to pinpoint why things are kind of all over the place in terms of like just team performance in general we've had conversations about them playing down to the competition we've had conversations about injuries obviously we've had conversations about play calling and things like i think there's just a mixed bag of why things are happening the way that they are and I don't know. I think all we can really hope for is that there will be less and less in that bag come next year. I personally think that they are going to have no problem competing for the Coastal next year. That's kind of where I'm at just with everything that's happened so far this year. It's just that when looking at, yeah, everything from this point to the end of the season, it's you can hope for those things, but it's like I said, you just kind of have to take what you can get out of it and hope that it's something that the team can build off of going into 2020. Brandon, do you have anything else on this game? No, I think that's about it. Well, we will be back next week with a recap of the Duke game for homecoming. In the meantime, you can tell the people where they can find you online. You can find me at THB Brandon. 
I am at Tanya Bonnerant or at Tar Heel Blog most of the time. In the meantime, go Heels. Go Heels. <laughs>